What if, with the right mindset, anything is possible? Join us now and find out how. It's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka is here to inspire you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, Marla is here to inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power with the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, she'll share heartwarming stories, teach you tips and tricks to building a successful business, plus how to unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset. And now, here's your host, Marla Tabaka. And hello out there to everyone listening. Thank you so much for being here. We have uh, uh, one of my favorite topics here on the show today on the Million Dollar Mindset Radio. You know, for those of you who listen to the show regularly, you know that I love to talk about company culture and, of course, anything leadership, right? And you've heard me say, too, that too many small businesses, large and small, don't take time to focus on the heart of their company, culture, values, vision and branding and purpose, the things that are really, really important outside of product and service. Indeed, our guest today says that too many leaders are asleep at the wheel when it comes to these critical pieces of their business. He says that culture builds branding. Branding builds your business. I wonder if you're even aware of the culture that you've created in your company. I work with a lot of entrepreneurs who have never given culture, given culture a second thought. And in fact, they've built a rather negative culture, which can, hap- which can happen too. We're not talking about uh, really only wonderful, thriving cultures here. It can go way to the opposite end of the extreme too. And if you haven't given a lot of thought to that, you're certainly not alone. And that's why this very topic is the topic of Million Dollar Mindset Radio today. Our guest is Brian Brandt. He is the CEO of Core Insights, a Texas-based company providing premier training and strategic guidance for businesses, nonprofits, schools, ministries, and individuals as well. With more than two decades of leadership experience, Brian has developed Devoted his life to developing stronger leaders and organizations. So we are certainly, certainly thrilled to have him here on Million Dollar Mindset Radio. Welcome to the show, Brian. Well, thank you very much, Marla. It's great to be on. Oh, I'm so excited to have you here today. Brian, I've been curious, what is it about this leadership topic that initially spoke to you and inspired you to do the work that you do today? Well, really, it was after going into so many different organizations, both business and nonprofit, and seeing the gigantic impact that strong leadership and that culture aspect can have, um, you know, so many times we see a a gigantic divide in that area. And it's one of those things where, you know, it's really not rocket science. It's a little bit of attention and a little bit of caring, and it can just make a gigantic impact. And so that's really kind of what sparked it. And then we just got more and more into it and uh, saw the, the, the lives kind of, you know, get really brightened as people really start to invest in this. Mm-hmm. And Brian, you've worked with just, you know, companies running the full gamut and our audience holds a lot of solo entrepreneurs, but also small business owners. What are some of the trends that you see throughout the country, particularly in small business on this topic? You know, 
we're really seeing that that divide is so significant there when it comes to engaged leadership and that those that uh, are lacking, um, they're increasingly getting left behind because there are so, you know, employees have a choice more so than, you know, they have in a lot of years because the economy is stronger. And so because of that choice, you know, they're not willing to sit around and be engaged in a culture that's either, uh, quite frankly, dying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, employees do have a choice. And uh, I work with a lot of uh, very young companies. And oftentimes, you know, you start in a garage, right? And and you right. don't think culture, what's culture? And then before you know it, you have one, two, three employees on and, and you're starting to get some branding out there. It's beginning to develop and, and you've kind of um, gotten off the horse before it's even left the, the stables. And a lot of these entrepreneurs don't know where to begin, don't know how to even define what they want that culture to look like and why it's important. So tell us why all of that matters, and let's talk about where they can even begin. Well, and I will say I'm certainly glad that you talk about how it begins at the very beginning because, quite frankly, that first employee or second employee that you hire, that that starts to dictate what the culture is going to be. And so I'm really glad that you, you hit upon that right off the, the top. But, you know, it matters for a few different reasons. You know, every organization has a culture And it's just a matter of deciding if you want to be intentional about creating it and providing guidance and direction, or if you want to just let it happen. And certainly, as you can guess, I'm Mm -hmm. a fan or really kind of a fanatic about being intentional about how that goes. So, you know, every, it's not a matter of what, what will we do with our culture? It's a matter of what can we do with our culture? And so I think that's kind of the first part. And then I think, those businesses and nonprofits that are intentional about creating a culture, they get a great return on their investment. You know, I think so many times people don't think about how this really, you know, people that are, they act like they're more bottom line oriented. And then sometimes they'll disregard that cultural aspect. And I say, you know, those go hand in hand. Um, when we invest money in, in our culture, um, it, there's a lot of research that shows that you're going to get a great return on that investment. And so I think it's it's that time where we uh, we really can recruit and retain top talent, and it's competitive out there, and we've really got to look for that. Mm-hmm. And so, what do you say to the entrepreneur, Brian? Who, um, you know, they go into business and they're engaging their IQ. They're smart people. They know what to do. They know what their product is. Perhaps they know their audience, but they may not really know much about EQ and how to engage that, which in my mind is very, very important when we're talking culture. So how can you step back from that kind of um, very bottom line driven entrepreneur and help them to understand the importance of, of this and take their first steps? So I guess that's my question. Like, what are the first steps to recognize what you're building and why you're building it? You know, two questions that I've asked a lot of times that oftentimes get the kind of response that I think you're talking about is I ask, what do you want your company to look like five to 10 years from now? Mm-hmm. And once they think about that and to, to then to start to help them formulate what it will take to get there, that's a great place to start that conversation. And then to go one step back and go, what do you feel like 
are the values that you really want in your organization. Because if we look at our values and we look at how are we rewarding those and what are we doing with those that don't manifest our values, that that really shapes the direction of the company. I, I know early on with our company, you know, there were there were some trainers that we hired that they just everything about them exuded what we wanted our core values to be. And, you know, that's not only the, the upfront kind of thing and the, the good insight, but it's also those little things like at a break, walking over and picking up a piece of trash or, you know, asking somebody if you could help set up for lunch, those kinds of things, that's, those are kind of the, the deal makers for us on, on values. And those kinds of things really shape the the culture of the organization. Yeah, they truly do. And understanding, um, I, I like that you bring up values at all. That's one of the very first things I do with my new entrepreneurs is have them get very, very clear on their values. Because frankly, I think it's like the last thing that most entrepreneurs think of when they set out to build their business. And it needs to be one of the first things. And uh, so that's a fantastic place to start and recognizing, you know, we always say too, I'm sure you say this as well, when, when you're bringing on new employees, your values really drive that decision because it drive, they drive the culture. And so to get to know that employee on a lot of different levels is, is important. I think so, Marlon. You know, you said what's the, the, a great next step for entrepreneurs to take. I would say mm-hmm. don't allow yourself to make another hire without establishing the values and then really checking that potential new hire with your values. And if they don't match up, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take them. You know, there, there's a lot of people out there. And, uh, if you're based in the U S you know, we've got 300 million people to choose from. Um, I, I once was doing some consulting for a group and I, I was about as well, I was perfectly clear, Marla, that I would not recommend a hire they were about to make because Mm -hmm. it did not match up with their values at, at all. And the, the, the uh, entrepreneur looked at me and he said, you know, but this person's got this skill set. And I said, you know, I'm pretty confident we can find that skill set with people who also have those values. Right. They didn't take, they didn't heed my, my warning. And about 18 months later, they had to make a, a brutal fire that really took the organization back you know, probably two to three years. And really, there was, there was a lot of cost to that poor hire. And so values are just tremendously important. Mm-hmm. I love that example, and um, I couldn't agree more, especially your top-level people, so that they can, you know, these values can be handed down. It's it's critical that you become familiar with that person, get to know them a little bit. And um, so we're talking a lot about, about values and about culture, and we're going to go into a break in just about a minute. And one of the things I'd like to talk about, Brian, is like – correcting course. I've worked with a number of companies who have 5, 10, 20, you know, even 30, because I work with just small businesses, employees. Mm -hmm. And before you know it, you know, this negative culture has been just embedded into the into the company. And I'd like to name a couple of steps that leaders can look at to try and reverse that, that the, the effect that that's had 
on the company once they've gotten in as deep as they have. I think that'll be a good place for us to go next. So this is Marla Tabaka, and we are here with CEO of Core Insights, Brian Brandt. And you can reach Brian at his website, which Brian is? It's coreinsightsleadership.com. Love it. And I am at MarlaTabaka.com. And we will be back on Million Dollar Mindset Radio in just a couple of minutes. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With Baby and Toddler Instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. This is the Toginet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marlon Tabaka. And we're here with Brian Brandt talking company culture. Are you aware of the culture that your company has uh, has fallen into, probably unintentionally? And that's what I'd like to talk about next, Brian. I'm sure you have walked into some real messes in your business. <laughs> Absolutely. There are some times where you you shake your head and you're just like, uh, I'd expect more out of my 11-year-old daughter than uh, what I'm seeing out of some of these adult leaders. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And so so what do they do? They're they're years, probably years into this business, and they haven't given culture and values, you know, a second thought. Now they've got some negative stuff going on inside and outside of the company. Where do you begin with your clients? You know, I think it really, first of all, it's diagnosing the problem and really looking at what what are the issues that are going on, how are we really perceived, both internally and externally, how does that compare with what we want to have as our brand or our image, and then start to, to divide, you know, bridge that gap and uh, take away that divide. And, you know, really a lot of times, you know, I look at it, and I bet you experience this a lot, too. I don't find very many people who naturally come into this world handling conflict real well. And <laughs> no. so a lot of it just comes, you know, starts with how are people addressing the issues when they see them? 
You know, if you have an employee that you hear uh, say something inappropriate or, you know, just with a, a harsher tone than what you'd like to a customer, you know, are you addressing it? Or, you know, are you a stuffer and you, you think, oh, well, I'll do that on the next annual evaluation, which is 11 months from now. You know, that kind of stuff is, is really one of the places that a lot of times we address, which is helping leaders know how to provide effective feedback, both encouragement and correction, and how to handle conflict. Um, those are two that uh, are pretty instrumental and foundational, but a lot of times with entrepreneurs especially, you know, if they're hiring people that maybe uh, don't have quite the experience that others or, or the development, then that's a good place to start. Mm-hmm. Brian, for, for people, for smaller businesses who can't necessarily, well, I shouldn't put words in their mouths, but maybe they can't afford your services or my services, do you have any great book recommendations where they can learn about what it takes to develop this process? You know, oh, goodness. Sorry to catch <laughs> Man, you got, you got me on that one. I tell you what, <laughs> right, let me we'll come have back a, can, to it. Can I take a bye and come back to yeah. that one? Yeah, let's okay. do that. We'll come back to that. I know I did catch you off guard there. Sorry about that. So, so okay, we've talked a lot about culture. We've talked about the importance of, of the values and bringing your values into your company and creating those values as well for your company. Um, let's talk a little bit about how that segues into our brand. What in the heck does internal company culture have to do with our brand? Well, I... I think it has a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when when we go into places and we really are looking at what is going on in the organization, you know, there's a lot of times when we are talking about leadership or branding or culture or communication, and uh, we're starting this training and workshop, and, and pretty quickly we can get a feel for those the way employees are responding. And sometimes you can tell they couldn't be more encouraged about how their leadership is. And then at other times, you can see that there's a certain level of confusion, hypocrisy, or just lacking there. Mm -hmm. And when you have a kind of an us versus them mentality, or you have that significant divide in what you either say the culture is or what people want the culture to be, you can tell pretty quickly that 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 manifests itself in employees not taking good care of customers. And so those employees, you know, will, of course, you know, in turn not really look out for the best interest of the company or the best interest of their clients. And so in that way, I think culture and branding just go hand in hand with almost every company. I I was thinking about it, and I'm hard-pressed to find an example where you don't find those going hand in hand. Mm-hmm. You know, the companies that when we ask, you know, what are companies with great brands and people in our workshop start answering and then we start asking, you know, what is it about their culture that contributes to that? And people have great examples of that. And so I, I really think they go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And, and another place we really see this, well, it's the same thing, but it's just another avenue is, is in social media. Don't you love these companies who are really on top of, let's say, their Facebook page? And, uh, and you can see that culture um, just embedded into their Facebook brand. Oh, absolutely. 
Yeah, and it's you know, and it's organic in that way, and it's it's very you get a sense that it's very very real and genuine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. So we've got you know the the branding. We're talking about the branding, and one of the things that comes along with that most naturally is personal branding. And I work with a lot of companies whose entrepreneur whose founder has been just you know buried in the business and then they come into culture coaching and they learn how to get unburied and work on their business and then they evolve to this point where personal brand is it becomes very important because now they're ready to write the book or to start speaking or whatever it is tell us why you believe that personal brand is important and how a person can become aware and begin to develop that well I, I think it's vitally important because for every person, whether it's the senior leader, entrepreneur, or an, a new employee, you know, their brand is really going to dictate at minimum the next step that they take. And it may be that it's more like two or three. You know, I, I can think of one employee uh, at a company that we do a lot of work for, and she was pretty fresh out of college, um, but came in and just put a lot of, of both integrity and spirit and competency to play. And it wasn't long before uh, she just moved up through the ranks extremely swiftly. And it was because of her personal brand. I mean, she carried herself well. She, uh, you know, she dressed the part. She communicated clearly. She worked hard. Um, and then not long after that, um, they, the company offered to pay for her MBA, which, of course, you know, took things up another notch. And so, you know, I think our personal brand is, is vitally important. And I think the way I encourage people to, to kind of find out what that is, Marla, is, first of all, and this goes for our companies or our departments or us personally, is what are people coming to us for? You know, what are people naturally drawn to us with? You know, if, if people are always coming to me because they want me to help them rake leaves, that's one thing. If people are consistently coming to me and saying, hey, I'm making a career transition and I want your insight on it, well, that's something completely different. And, uh, well, personally, I'd much rather people come to me asking for advice than asking me to help rake their leaves. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's just me. Um, <laughs> you know, also, I think it's what are uh, – people not coming to us for? What do we think we kind of stand for, but people really are not asking for our input or advice on? Mm-hmm. I think also we can find out what our personal brand is by asking. Um, about 10 months ago on my Facebook page, I just decided I'd ask the question, if you could describe me in one word, what would it be? Mm-hmm. And uh, and it was really, uh, it was a great exercise for me to see kind of the image that people have of me and what the way they perceive me. And oh. so those are a few of the ways that I think we can do it. I think also, you know, I'm a big fan of always kind of having some some very trusted, um, not only advisors, but kind of peers that can really kind of help me think through things. And so really asking those peers to, to give me their input on how I'm carrying myself sometimes in various situations um, there's been times, Marla, where we've gone in and um, kind of more through a coaching relationship, but that could happen, you know, paid or through a friend or whatever, where we've gone into some 
specific meetings to observe how a person is carrying themselves because a lot of times people are very blind to uh, the way they're coming across. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is true. And to become conscious of that, even at the employee level, um, where a lot of people, I don't think, even think of that when they're employees. Do they? Uh, you know, a lot of times not. Um, mm-hmm. That's a question that I ask pretty often now is, you know, what do you think your personal brand is and what do you want it to be? Mm-hmm. And uh, more often than not, I get a question, uh, I mean, kind of the response of, well, I've never thought about that, but I really want to. And when people are, you know, it adds that intentionality to it. When we think yeah. about what we want our brand to be, we're far more likely to, you know, manifest that and really kind of convey that in the different things that we want to do. Yeah. We're talking a lot about personality when we look at the personal brand. Brent, how do you think that um, what we wear, you know, how we present ourselves physically factors in? Oh, I think pretty significantly. Um, in fact, a lot of times I, I, I kind of joke around our office that, you know, kind of everything we wear is kind of just a costume, you know, that it's, it's, it's what, what role are we playing? And so, you know, I've been known to change times, uh, change clothes a couple of times during the day because, you know, I may be meeting with uh, a Fortune 10 company in the morning and I might be working uh, with some people that are kind of front lines for a municipality. You know, they might be kind of mm-hmm. solid waste workers in the afternoon and, you know, if I went in with a, a sharp suit and tie with that crowd, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't carry the same weight, you know. Yeah, and on right. the flip side, if I went, you know, in in jeans to go visit with the CEO of a Fortune 10 company, I don't think I'd carry much weight there, too. So, yeah. you know, I think I think the, cl- the clothes do matter uh, to a certain degree, for sure. Plus, I think there's a lot to be said for how it makes you feel, the confidence it gives you, mm-hmm. and all of that. If you're too focused on what you're wearing. Um, when you're trying to communicate, you're probably not going to be communicating as well. So making sure that you've got the, the right, and I'll go back to it, the right costume for the role, uh, mm-hmm. I think is important. Hmm. I love the way you put that referring to it as a costume. That kind of takes the, um, it adds a little levity to it, if you will. A lot of people take it way too seriously and then they really screw up. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I don't think of it as, terms of like you know a mask or hiding something i think of it more of being on stage you know our life is kind of a stage and uh, we have different roles that we're playing and you know you think about it from a more holistic approach you know if you know in any given day um you know i'm i'm working as a business leader i may be doing volunteer work and I'm going to be engaging with my family well a lot of times you know it's a very different mindset and a different skill set, and a lot of times it's also a different uh, wardrobe change, if you will. Yeah. Brian, we are going to go into our second break already. Time is flying. and uh, Yeah, it really does when you're having fun. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk more about um, branding and, um, you know, how to get yourself out in the world and and, uh, bring your values with you. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset 
with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. We often ask, is that all there is? Why is this happening to me? Why am I always broke? How am I going to survive this mess? Then join Dr. Geraldine Tegeloff for Nature Spirits Speak, 7 p.m. Tuesday evenings on Toginet.com. Geraldine is a metaphysician, nature intuitive, and prosperity coach who shares with you how she went from totally broke to living what she would call her perfectly prosperous life. Through the combination of a wealth of metaphysical knowledge and her amazing ability as an intuitive, Geraldine brings to you the secrets of her magical journey of healing emotionally, spiritually, and financially. As with the ancient seers and master teachers, Geraldine has a unique gift of being able to connect to the simple yet profound messages brought to us by Mother Nature and happily shares these through today's note to self on her webpage, naturespiritspeak.com. If you need help with your journey, why not connect with Geraldine during her show, Nature Spirit Speak, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Reaching out from the heartland of the United States with quality programming, this is Toginet Radio. Welcome to The Quip with Miriam Nicole Huffman, a modern woman's guide to styling her faith, family, and finances. The online radio show dedicated to today's positive, purpose-driven woman who's ready to heal her heart, her head, and her household by realigning with what she values most. If your highest values are faith, family, finances, and freedom, you're in the right place. Host Miriam Nicole Huffman is a woman on a mission. Her mess to success journey has taken her from life as an upper-middle-class stay-at-home mom to a broke single mom to living a life of joy and wholeness as she builds a thriving business while raising her healthy, happy family. Every week on The Quip, Miriam Nicole shares her love, life, legal, and lifestyle success secrets. Whether it's wisdom you're seeking, inspiration and motivation from someone who's hit rock bottom and risen to success, or you want to know how to fully align your faith, family, and finances to create more freedom for yourself, you're an Excellent hands with Miriam Nicole. Check out past shows by clicking on the podcast player to the right or check our recent guests in the blog below. Got a question for Miriam Nicole? Want to be a guest on her show? Email us at thequip at miriamnicolehuffman.com. And join us every Thursday at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. And you will find me at MarlaTabaka.com. And please don't forget to head on over to Inc. Inc. Magazine online, Inc.com. And check out my five or six years worth of articles over there. You'll find uh, probably something on any topic that you could could want to find. So please go on over there. Just search me on that site. And I always love to hear from you for, for ideas or questions. And you can reach me at Marla at MarlaTabaka.com. 
Com. We're here today with our guest, Brian Brandt, and he's been interviewed by radio, television, print media outlet on such a wide range of topics. And uh, today we're speaking specifically about culture, values, and branding. And Brian, one of the things that you talk about that I find really, really interesting, and I don't think a lot of people think about this, is branding within departments in, in companies. Talk to us about how a department can be um, individually branded. Yeah, you know, a lot of times, Marla, we go in and, and certainly a, a company's brand is usually established, um, you know, by a by the marketing department and senior leadership and sometimes some outside sources. But a lot of times, you know, the department has a true brand in itself. I mean, if you if you go in and you say, hey, tell me about the accounting department or tell me about customer service or, or whatever it is, you typically get a pretty quick response and you can get a good sense of what that department is. And you can see that, you know, some leaders come out, you know, consistently come out of that because they've got a, a reputation for developing people really well. And then you've got others where you go, oh, gosh, that's kind of the black hole of the company. You know, if you get in there, you never get out, but you always wished you would. You know, and so every department has has their own brand as well. And I think if we're mindful of that, it can it can have some powerful impact. Um just last month that we were working with a company and a, a new department leader was frustrated with kind of the lack of vision casting that she had for her department. She really, she felt like vision was important, which I appreciate, but she was having trouble casting that vision because her leader above her hadn't really casted the vision for the company and she didn't really know what direction the company was going. So she didn't really have a good opportunity to develop that vision for the department. As I discussed that with her, what I found is the previous leaders in that department had they they'd basically broken promises to the fellow employees of that organization. It was a good size organization, probably five hundred and forty five people I believe, and because of those broken promises, that department had a pretty rough uh, reputation and brand yeah. of itself, and so I said you know, what we can do is we can come in here and really cast a vision for 2015 that will not only move the your product and service along, but also really start to, to forge relationships again and really mend that relationship and reputation. And as I as I took her department leaders through this exercise, I really saw them brighten up because they not only had a very clear vision for what 2015 was going to be, but they also saw that the image of their department was going to change over the course of this coming year. And they got excited about that, and they kind of all rallied around, and they were they were excited to take it back to their employees because they kind of had always been looked down upon. And so yeah. it was one of those where that brand of that department was so significant but not good. And so we kind of had that we kind of got to attack several things that I, I love to attack, which are, you know, stronger leadership and better communication, casting a vision. I just feel so, um, so much that people really respond to having a clear vision and direction, and they got that out of our, our workshop that day. But it also started to change the culture of not only that department, but what they felt like would be a change in the culture of the overall organization. And so mm -hmm. those are kind of some of the things that I think when we stop and pause and really think about what is the 
brand of our department, um, that's got a powerful impact as well. Mm-hmm. And I like that, and uh, I think that it's it's an opportunity that is probably overlooked by most or at least many corporations. And it takes me back to my corporate days, where you know I spent a number. I was with NBC Television. I spent a number of years in the news department and a number of years in the sales department before I went into production. And there was such a divide between news and sales, right? Because sales would promise things that news can't deliver, and you know news would under deliver and um, they never took advantage of the opportunity to create a vision and and build their independent cultures and and work as a united front but it seems like today more companies are investing in the positive culture do you do you think are you seeing it in the same way do you think that that there's more awareness around this today and if so why what what brought it to that level of awareness yeah you know, to a certain degree, I do see an increased awareness, um, and I think that is fueled oftentimes. I think, I think uh, millennials really kind of have have really demanded it, if you will. Yes. Yeah. Um, and and so that's been important. I think that Generation X really started to create it, and they desired it. But I think millennials are going to require it. And so increasingly as they enter the workplace and, you know, some workplaces, you know, might have 5% millennials and others might have 85%. And so mm-hmm. I think that makes a significant impact on it. But at the same time, Marla, I, I'm disappointed to say that I think too often I'm seeing where it's still overlooked, uh, yeah. the, the importance of culture and really looking at, at that. But but I do think that that tide will turn as we do have in, an increased amount of millennials in the workplace. Um, and I think it's truly a, a gift that the millennials will give to the corporate world is that it, that the, uh, the culture aspect will be more important. Yeah, our millennials, I love them. I love them. And so many people have such a difficult time managing millennials. Um, talk to us a little bit about how managers can bridge that gap between the way that they manage and the way they work and, and, and their own values and beliefs and work ethic with between them and the millennial that comes in because it's a very, very different generation. It really is. And, you know, we're in a unique time where some of our workplaces have four generations in the workplace, and mm. that can really cause some, some pretty significant issues. Um, I've found, and I'm actually working on an article right now, because I've found so many times where we've got this generation, a lot of times it's, it's baby boomers who are in their final five years at an organization, and you've got these millennials who are coming in, and they're they're hungry and they're eager, and they're bringing up some great phenomenal ideas. And the, you've got some baby boomers who are going, you know what? Yeah, I'd make more money for my company, or I'd make more money for me, or whatever. But it just sounds like more work, and they mm-hmm. just uh, really discount the the work. And I, I really encourage them to think about a few different things. First of all, to think about what they were like, you know, when they were 25-ish and uh, what it was like when they were entering the workplace and to really 
pause it. And a lot of times we'll take them through an exercise where we really have them write down, not just say, hey, think about some things, but really to think about some of the early things that they did in their career. And uh, that usually kind of helps to bridge that gap a little bit. But also, and it's, I, I say it tongue in cheek, and usually it almost always gets some laughs, but uh, to really remember that we, if we're frustrated with millennials, it's usually us that had a pretty significant part in contributing to that. You know, whether we, we raised them or we raised their parents or whatever it might be, you know, if, if, if we're going to point fingers at people, don't point it at the millennials, point it at the people who helped develop the millennials. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, that's, that's another part. But then also to remind people in these other generations, you know, the baby boomers and the Generation X especially, and, and to a certain degree the traditionalists, but to really help them think through what is it that we really want our culture to be and what can these millennials do and how does it help us to bridge the gap with our customers? What can they do to help us think about connecting? Because for most of us, the millennials are not only making a portion of our workplace, they're, they're making a, a percentage of our, our clients. And mm-hmm. if we don't think we can connect with our millennial um, employees, then what's to make mm-hmm. us think that we can connect with our millennial clients? Right. So right. those are some of the things that a lot of times I'll take uh, companies through and leaders of different organizations through to help us think through those generational issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's important. And I think that the millennial generation is is one of the most misunderstood generations. And um, if leaders open up their minds and, uh, and really let go of the things that they believe in to some degree, you know, just kind of step yeah. back for a little bit, some amazing ideas come out of these kids. And they're ideas that, uh, you know, will help us to shift our own way of thinking, because that has to happen with with technology and, and the way people are communicating nowadays. So it's important that they become a part of our culture and not to necessarily change them to fit our mold of our culture. Absolutely. You know, you, you hit upon one thing that we haven't talked about yet, which is change. And mm. yeah, I, there's not a certain, uh, there's not any industry that we work with that we don't see the pace of change increasing significantly. And so to remind people that a lot of times these millennials can really help us yeah. to think about the changes that need to ma- be made and how we can go about that. And yep. quite and frankly, Brian, Brian yeah. we I want to pick that up on that in just a minute, but we're going into our final break already. So okay. we'll be right back. All right. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. This is the Tokinet Radio Network. Radio with a cutting edge. This is God in Country. The Collision of Faith and Politics, hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran, 
former law enforcement officer and founder of the internationally regarded Executive Protection Team. Dr. Sean holds a bachelor's degree in biblical counseling and master's and doctorate degrees in theology and is currently pursuing a doctorate in ministry with a Hebrew worldview focus. Through his counseling, elite life coaching, and national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This series is biblically and politically engaged with the pedal to the metal. Join host and author of the acclaimed yet controversial book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on this radio network. Cuisines and sacred rituals is a quest, a place, and a feast. Join host Vilasi Venkatachalam every week to explore myths, mystique, old medicine, and brilliant modern solutions through a dazzling kaleidoscope of cuisines, cultures, and cures. This is the place where tribes gather, strangers and familiars, to be memory keepers and makers of our evolving, enduring, evergreen, spoken legacy of wisdom and ingenuity. In Velocity's words, when we do old things in new ways and new things in old ways, we paint with an inspired palette, weave our own healing traditions, and become our own guru. Velocity is a troubadour of secret cuisines and sacred rituals. She collects stories of wisdom, in ingenuity, and grit. She believes wellness and transformation happen when you stand at the threshold of delight and discovery. She displays her hidden penchant for drama when she leads the safari at the supper club. Her favorite pastime is to extol the marvels of cuisines, cultures, and cures. To her audience in workplaces, seminars, and salons, her mantra is, be your own guru. She is a biochemist, botanist, and alchemist who likes to churn delightful, useful things from a brew of art and science science, ancient and evolving, old medicine and new cures. Join Velocity every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. And we're here talking culture with Brian Brandt. And you can find Brian at coreinsightsleadership.com, coreinsightsleadership.com. So, Brian, going into break, we hit on something so important. And, and uh, that is how the millennial generation, who is making up more and more of our workforce, of course, can help us make positive change and how we, we need to open up to that idea. Tell us more. Well, I think in in this day and age, every organization is facing a lot of change, and change not only quite a bit of it, but at a pace that they're a lot of times not used to. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I often get asked, you know, what what are the key things that leadership can do to improve? And and I say, you know, anytime we can improve our communication and we can improve our ability to lead change, um, those are two skills that I think any leader this day and age has to have. And so I think if we are students of leadership change and, and you know, change management, those kinds of things, um, that will really serve us well because it's a, it's a powerful force. And either we can kind of get ahead of it and lead it, kind of like culture, or we can respond to it. And certainly uh, it's better to, to lead it and guide it from up front. 
Yeah, yeah, most definitely. It's time. It's time to open up to change. So let's go kind of full circle here, Brian, and let's leave our audience as we've got about, I don't know, 10 minutes left in the show or so. Uh, let's leave our audience with um, some one, two, three steps on, on things they can look at, uh, at in their culture and some steps they can take to improve their company culture and their personal okay. branding, if you like, whichever. Right. Well, and, and I do think they, they kind of can go hand in hand and, and work for each other. But I think, first of all, define what you want it to be is probably a great first step. And a lot of times that can be done, you know, depending upon the size of the organization, it can be done as, as an individual entrepreneur if they're first starting out or getting a leadership to team together and really thinking about what really do we want the culture to be? What do we want our, our vision to be? What is our mission? What are those core values that we always want to have as part of our company? And then I think also looking at what really is our culture and what is it that we find ourselves rewarding and encouraging and applauding and celebrating and what are those things that um, we don't, that we're frustrated by or that we, we punish? And, and look at those. And, and a lot of times see how big is the gap there? What is it? Are we really doing and becoming what we say we want to be? Or is it a pretty big variation? And along that way, I think, you know, a lot of times people say, well, you know, without engaging, you know, an outside source, what can we do to find out really what our culture is? You know, and I say, start by just watching. Uh, recently, I went into a company and we were talking about culture and uh, and branding. And I just asked the CEO, I said, can we take a 10 minute walk? And we walked and we started by walking outside. And as we walked up to the door of the company, you know, there was some of the things that we saw were just, it was just kind of filthy and trash. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just kind of laid my head hand over and pointed that way. And, you know, he just looked at me and kind of shook his head. And, and we took care of it right then and there. You know, it wasn't one of those things where I said, you know, we can't walk in now. Now that we see it, we've got to deal with it right now. And so, you know, we, we picked up some trash right then and right there. And then we walked into the lobby and we sat down in kind of a corner and we just listened and looked at what was going on as people came in and how they were addressed. How long did they wait? Um, what was the environment like in that lobby? Um, you know, and some of it really fit the desired culture and some of it, there was, there was a, a gap there. Um, and so looking for those kinds of things, you know, and then also looking at, again, what is it that people are coming to you with and for? If, uh, you know, if 90% of the calls that you're getting are for a specific product or service, well, then you've got a pretty good uh, idea that that's, that's what you're known for, that that's a significant part of your brand. And, and maybe you go, okay, what do we do to maximize that? But there also may be some things that you really project are important to your future that people are completely clueless that you're about and you're not conveying it as well as you should. And so from, you know, I kind of jumping from a little bit from culture to brand, but they just, again, they just go hand in hand in so many different ways. And so I really think it's, you know, whether it's culture or brand, what do we want it to be? What is it now? And 
what are we going to do to take some of the steps to to do that? And when it comes to culture, you know, I think it's making sure that we correct items from the top down, that we reward the actions, the attitudes, the events that really contribute to the culture we desire. And then, two, some simple things, you know, like learn together, dream together, have fun together, dine together, serve a nonprofit together. And obviously, you see the key word there is together. So, you know, doing things as a team uh, that really generate relationships. Mm-hmm. I like that. That is that is important. And understanding, um, you know, cause marketing is growing and growing. And uh, I'm happy to see that. I'm happy to see companies devote themselves to a cause. And uh, that is that is one way that you can do things together. You know, I've I've helped uh, a lot of small companies build their culture, and they've really embraced the idea of going out and volunteering in the community, giving everybody a paid day to do that together. Um, and uh, I think that's the way, that's one of the things that can truly have a trickle-down effect into what may be a, um, an attitude amongst employees and, and help to shift that attitude. Absolutely. And then, too, you think about it. You know, when you – having a day off to go serve some cause that you really care about, that's, that's unique. You know, and it's important to you and it's something you value. You're so much more likely, you know, whether it's happy hour or going out for coffee or dessert, you're so much more likely to talk about that when you're with other people. And that starts to build that brand of your organization with Mm -hmm. other people and people start to go, oh, you know what? I want to work for a company like that. And that's how you, you know, you start to really bring in that top talent and the people that are really passionate and really will will do a great job. They, They love that. Yeah. So we've got a few minutes here. I'd like to, to go back to one of the points that you made in, in these last final points. Um, and when you, when you described yourself sitting in the lobby with this CEO, um, you know, some of the things weren't what he wanted them to be in terms of how people coming in were handled. How do you address, I mean, obviously you've got some employees who aren't living up to the company's values and culture. How do you address that? in a positive way. Can you just give us an example of how that may be addressed with the employee? Well, I, I would go back one step, Marla. If we are not investing in our people, if we're not encouraging them when they are doing well, it really is hard to go and correct them when they are doing things wrong. Right. You know, I used, I used to make a, a practice. Uh, I had uh, at one place I worked, I kind of had a, a leadership team that was always seasonal. It was just the, the nature of the business. And periodically, I would pull them aside and I would say, who do you think are the worst employees we had? And they always hated that exercise. They, you know, you don't want to say, you know, say somebody's name, but I, but I made them. And then I would go to them and I would say, okay, that person that you consider the worst employee, I, I want you to catch them doing something right three times in the next week and tell nice. them when you see them doing nice. that. Nice. Well, I we, like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, see, yeah. we're rewarding behavior that we desire, but yeah. then also it gives us a platform that when we see something going wrong, you know, it's not the only thing, you know, the only time they ever hear from us is when we're a right. hammer, you know? Right. So, right. I, okay. uh, so that's the way I see it is, you yeah. know, but we also need to get good at giving correction and we don't need to, you know, I, I love, you know, it's a 45 minute read, but the book, The One Minute Manager, you know, is okay. just so good about helping people to know 
how to give a, a quick correction, you know, and say, yeah. you know what, this is what I saw. This is what I didn't care for. This is what I'd want to see in the future and and move on, you know. Okay. And, and it, now, yeah. Brian, earlier I put you on the spot and I asked if you had any books to recommend. <laughs> <laughs> so is, is that the one? <laughs> well, you know what? That's one of them. I, I think the One Minute Manager is a, a great read. But I have a couple others for you, too, now that I'm not, you know, quite on the spot like you put me on a minute ago. But um, Joel Manby's book, Love Works, and Manby is M-A-N-B-Y. So Joel Manby writes a book called Love Works. Um, it's it's a great book. Uh, he is uh, he formerly was with Saab North America, and now he's the CEO of Hershen Family Entertainment. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really like that one. And then Peter Shankman's got a book called Nice Companies Finish First. Yep, yep, um, love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so those are uh, three books that I would recommend. Awesome. Beautiful. Thank you. And we've got just, we've got actually under a minute left now. So tell us a little bit about uh, where we can find you and anything else you'd like to leave us with. Okay. Well, certainly uh, our website, coreinsightsleadership.com, is a great place to get us. Uh, Our toll-free number is 888-452-0905. You know, if conferences or they need training or facilitation and strategic planning, any of those, we would love to, to dialogue about that. Really, we're in the business of is transformation. So if you're looking for some transformation, I'd say give us a call at Core Insights. Absolutely. And that's coreinsights.com. Brian Brent, thank you so much for being here with us today. It was such an informative show, and uh, it was just a delight speaking with you. Well, thank you again for the opportunity, Marla. Absolutely. And this is Marla Tabaka. Please visit me over at Inc. Inc.com slash author slash Marla hyphen Tabaka. We'll see you on Million Dollar Mindset Radio next week. Thank you for being a part of the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka on Toginet. If you've always known there was more out there for you, but you just weren't sure how to get there, and if you